0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Basketball Studios Podcast. I'm your host, Brett, and as you can see by the title, we're going to be talking about episodes three and four of The Last Dance. Um, I'm pretty much going to be just giving out my thoughts and kind of like expanding on the documentary more than an actual review because I don't think I'm really ever going to need to put out a review for whenever, like, like whenever it comes to these documentary episodes because a review, you're going to be critical. Now, I think there's not going to be a such thing as any weekend leading up to episode 10 and after episode 10. That's actually going to be like bad. Like there's not going to be a Sunday night where I'm like, that sucked. That, the, these were the worst two documentary episodes I've ever seen in my life. Like that's not going to be a thing. Like episodes one and two, phenomenal. It was a perfect lob for a slam dunk for the next eight episodes. It was a perfect background story. And now let's set it up for three, four, all the way to 10. So let's just talk about episode three. I would say episode three was mainly about Dennis Rodman because a lot of people that whenever I hear their thoughts are like, well, the, the, like episode three and four was all about Dennis. Episode three was mostly the only thing that was about Dennis because episode four is whenever it came into like the whole rivalry of the Chicago Bulls and the Detroit Pistons and how they lost one, the beef and all that type of stuff. So Dennis Rodman, um, I think episode three, the main point was Dennis Rodman going on that vacation that supposed 48 hour vacation that Dennis was wanting to go on. And I remember, you know, from the documentary, Michael Jordan was telling Phil Jackson or somebody, the owner, somebody was like, I like, I'll bet everything that Dennis Rodman does not come back in 48 hours. Like you're not going to see this dude back in the practice facility, back in Chicago, back with the team in 48 hours. I mean that was even predictable too, and they even built it up to where it was like that dude was gonna be gone for a while. I'm pretty sure that he was gone, if I can remember correctly, that he was gone for a couple weeks, and then Michael Jordan had to go hunt him down, and then Dennis Rodman picked up some Carson Electra, Larson Electra, sounds like a sounds like a super villain, some girlfriend that he got in Vegas, which I think they were you know together for the probably not the, the for the love reasons for the. Uh, future goals of being in a relationship reasons probably for party money and um, sexual activity and you know I I don't you know I don't want to predict anything I I don't want to I don't want to accuse anybody of their morals so he was gone Um, that dude was living it up they have the footage of him in the casino and he was he was having the time of his life I think Dennis got what he wanted uh, Michael Jordan, you know, I think he told Phil Jackson, hey, if anybody needs a vacation, it's me, not Dennis. Um, and yeah, Dennis Dennis went to Vegas and did everything that anybody wanted to do in Vegas. I think Michael Jordan said whenever he found Dennis Rodman in the hotel room that the hotel room looked like trash, um, which is believable. It would be very um, not believable if it didn't. And... Yeah, so that's that's the whole Vegas situation. Then he comes back, and then there's the practice. and I believe this is how the story went. Pretty much, they had to do their sprints around the gym. Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan told the team, he I don't know why I just said Michael Jordan. Like I should have said Michael or Jordan. I shouldn't just be like proper about it. And be like, well, Michael. And then Michael Jordan. Um, so they were supposed to do like laps or sprints around the gym, and I think Michael told everybody, hey, the only person that's going to be sprinting is Dennis, and we're going to finish whenever we finish. And then Steve Kerr, just being Steve Kerr, he did the sprints too, finished before everybody. Michael got mad, punched him in the face. Now, whenever it comes to Michael Jordan punching teammates in the face, it happened what I know of once. People act like over Michael's 13-15 to 15 year career in sports that this dude was just going to teams punching people. Like, people are like, well, LeBron's a really good teammate. You know, Michael Jordan just just beat just beat people up at practice. Like, that's not, that's not the case. And it's not like he knocked Steve Kerr out. It's not like Steve Kerr was in a coma for two years. Like, I, I think people blow that out of proportion. And Steve Kerr even said that he believes that that whole situation built their relationship. And you have, you know, there, there's stuff of Steve Kerr and Michael Jordan laughing together afterwards. It's not that big of a... It's not that big of a deal. It's not like Michael fractured anything in Steve Kerr's face like Bobby Portis did and Nikola Miritich like two years ago in the Bulls. You know the great one-two punch that was there, the great front court. Um, so, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm going off the dome whenever it comes to this. I don't, I don't have a whole list of what to talk about. So let's go, to, let's go to episode four. I know. Okay, well, let's stay with episode three. Dennis Rodman's outfits, though. The fact that he would go to interviews and they would ask him about his appearance and he would act like he came out the womb looking like that was very irritating. Like, it's like, you know, that I know that, you know, that I know that I know you naturally don't look like that. Like your hair is not naturally pink. It doesn't have 33s in it. You didn't come out with your whole body tatted up. And you did not come out the womb with your nose and your lips and your ears all pierced. You would be wearing the most outrageous outfits. Now, I'm I'm pretty well, like, I, I like fashion. So, I understand there's going to be some people maybe listening to this, like, well, this is fashion. Like, you just got to accept it sometimes. It's just him expressing himself. But, like, I, I understand fashion. I like fashion a lot. Like, sometimes it's right up there with basketball. And I just know that there's a difference between dressing up in a costume and then going out in a fashionable outfit that dude was going out there in a costume, the wedding dresses, and then just the fact it's like Dennis knows that it was outrageous, but he sits there and acts like, "No, nah, I mean this is just me like this is just this is just how I am. I didn't dye my hair. It's always like this. they're like, "What's the difference with your hair? Nothing like come on now, come on now, Dennis um." Yeah, and just that wedding dress, dude. It's like what midlife crisis were you going through? I don't know if they talked about questioning his homosexuality in that documentary, or like if he was like, if that if you know if basketball was his beard, if you understand that lingo. Um, I don't know. I really don't know what Dennis. But does anybody know what Dennis? I don't think so. Um. Okay, two things I want to address the news reporter that was super savage more savage than jerry cross telling phil jackson that was his last season if even if he won 82 straight games and then um i wouldn't even say savage but it was super funny jerry cross dancing on the airplane so let's start let's let's first start off with doug collins getting fired in the news reporter my eyes cause I love whenever I just love roast. Like I like roasting people. I like hearing them. I like, you know, taking the roast. Like if people are just roasting me, it's, it's funny. I like, I like it a lot. So, um, Doug Collins was a coach for the bulls for X amount of time. I don't know the exact amount of years, but it seemed like the players, you know, they were never like they They were never on bad terms with Doug Collins. He always seemed, is that his name? That's his name. Right. Um, the, the, the coach that Michael dropped 54 in his in his first game, which was also dope, too, how Michael was like, listen, Doug, it's it's your first game as our head coach. I want to give you 50 and beat this team. That was that was cool. And then, so he was, co- he was coach, and I think he was assistant coach for X amount of years, and it turned out that he was fired. Now, that news reporter the next day, he goes, oh, how exactly did he word it? Because I don't even want to stutter thinking about it. He was like, thank you guys for tuning in to blah, 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 news station radio station if you're on your way to work listening to this you're obviously not Doug Collins and I was like wow like a Chicago Bulls news anchor was like if you're on your way to work right now you're obviously not Doug Collins that was like I I just think that was that was savage to do I think that was more savage than Jerry Cross telling Phil Jackson if you even if he made mega NBA history that he wouldn't be the head coach next season he was <laughs> if you went if if you're on your way to work listening to this you're obviously not Doug Collins that's funny Um, and you guys probably don't care and then the, the next funny thing so there was uh, Jerry Cross dancing on the airplane and I was so thankful that that was something that was clipped and posted on social media I was kind of late to it I wasn't able to see but the th- the, here's the thing with me if there's a viral video out within three hours, if it if there's a viral video out that I haven't posted and it says it was posted three hours ago, what's the point of me posting? Because now everybody has seen it, um, which is probably why I've stayed at 52,000 followers and haven't gained it all. So, but the fact that, that just Jerry Cross dancing on the airplane was so funny. It was like he... For being such a, um, I, don't, I don't want to cuss. For being such, I, is that a cuss word? For being such a prick that he is, the fact that he was having so much fun on that airplane, for one, was enjoyable to see just for the fact that everybody low key hated him, yet they were laughing with him, or more like laughing at him. So there's Scottie Pippen that told him to sit down. Now, Scottie Pippen needed to sit down first. I understand if you can dance good. And then you tell someone behind you that's dancing terribly to sit down, but Dennis Robin broke into some dance where it looked like he was damn near twerking. So if I was on the plane, if I was Michael, if I was Dennis, I would have said, Hey bud, even if I was Luke Long, Luke Longley, Tony Kukoc, Steve Kerr, BJ Armstrong, I would have said, sit down Scotty. That sounds like a, that sounds like a good, that sounds like a good saying, Like that would be like a phrase from like 1950, sit down Scotty. Um, so Scotty, yeah, Scotty broke into some dance that I guess everybody was grooving to. I, maybe it was like the, the Bobby Shmurda, uh dance. I, Cause I can't say the name of the, of the song because I would be called racist. And um, so, so then, so then Jerry cross started to do some weird dance where he was like running in place. Yeah. It was like, he had a little more pep to his step and, he was laughing and he knew he was dancing terribly, but kept doing it. And it was like the most, the biggest display of somebody that did not know their limitations. Like if you're five, five white and fat, don't dance because you know, we don't have any rhythm. So that was, that was really funny to see. And I'm stating facts. I don't want to get anything in my DMS hateful. And then, okay, let's go episode four. Let's, let's veer away from all the, the lunatic stuff that had nothing to do with basketball, like Vegas punching teammates and dancing on airplanes. There was... um, Okay, so... How do I want to start this off? So kind of like the backstory whenever it came to the Bulls and Detroit. Detroit had this thing in their mind. I'm pretty sure it was either the coach or somebody affiliated with Detroit. was like... "There's the There was the narrative in the NBA. So there's Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain. Then it's like the next generation is... Dr. J and then like the next generation is Michael and Larry together. So that was like the five Mount Rushmore NBA players at the time. And then it was like, they saw that Michael Jordan was about to be on that Mount Rushmore and Detroit was just like, we're not having it. We're going to make sure that this dude does not have the career that he's set out to have. That was kind of like the, the, the moral of the hatred of Detroit versus Chicago is that Detroit did not want Michael Jordan to win at any given cost yes they didn't want scotty and everybody else to win but it was like what can we do to make sure that michael does not have a good career and there's like the teams in nba history that everybody builds to beat so like say like i would say mainly the past three to four years i guess you could maybe say five i would say past three to four years disregarding this past season and their performance the golden state words was that team that Teams were like, all right, how can we build our team in order just to beat the Golden State Warriors? We don't care how to beat the Bucks, the 76ers. We're not worried about them. The Clippers, we're not worried about them. How – well, Clippers, okay, that was a bad example. How can we build our team in order to beat the Golden State Warriors? That's the team that we need to focus on. Where – and okay, so teams back in the 70s, 80s, 90s, it was how – Can we build a team to beat the Lakers and the Celtics to Chicago? It was, we're not worried about the Celtics and the Lakers. We're worried about the Detroit Pistons because in their minds, if they could beat Detroit, if they could get out of that bloodbath and that blood battle, we can beat anybody. And so the the Detroit Pistons kind of had like a, kind of had a game plan of anytime Michael goes to the rack before he even jumps in the air, make sure his butt's on the ground. Make sure that we knock him to the ground. Pretty much a flagrant two in today's NBA as a common foul in the older NBA. Let's make sure we just beat this dude to the ground. And they kind of did that to everybody, but like it was like, we're going to zone in on Michael. Like If he drives, all five of us are just going to knock him. So then after that kind of notion got around the league and they started doing it, there came the Jordan rules, which was, I mean, we have it in we have it in the NBA now, and it's obviously it's been a thing forever in the NBA. How you have to protect your All Stars, so it can be better or for worse. It can be James Harden or it can be Michael Jordan. So like say James Harden, they protect that All Star just to protect them because if you blow on him, they might review it for a flagrant, which is the worst part. Now for the better, which I, un- I totally understand. Whenever it comes to Michael Jordan, you have to protect Michael Jordan. You cannot be letting teams knock down the face of the NBA and try to ruin his career. And like, you know, just, they, they wanted to take his head off and you can't have that. If you're the NBA, you need money, you need business and you want your players to stay healthy, especially, especially your all-stars. Um, not saying you don't want role players to be healthy, but you guys understand what I mean. How can we, how can we put butts in seats in the tickets, um, in the arena? So there was the Jordan rules, that kind of came out to where um, the refs paid extra attention on Michael making sure that that the Detroit wasn't going to be as physical with him as they wanted it to be. So if they did knock him to the ground, it would be reviewed as a flagrant, a technical ejection, yada, yada, yada. Now, they were kind of able to do it with anybody else, but like I said, it was the Jordan rules. If Jordan's on the floor, let's make sure that this guy goes to the free throw line deservingly, make sure players get taxed deservingly, Um, I thought what was really dope is whenever Scotty got knocked to the ground. And I think they were saying how, like, like, I I think it was Dennis that did it. I think Scotty just came down with a layup. It was like a dead ball. And then Dennis Rahman just pushed him out of bounds. And Detroit wanted to, you know, have a reaction because if you get in a team's head, you've won because then they're playing by your, like, then they're going to start doing whatever you want them to do. So I think they were wanting a reaction out of Scotty and Scotty just sat there and looked at him. Like, I'm not even going to fight. Like, I'm too good to fight you guys, and you're not going to get in my head. And I think that totally shifted the way, like, I think that one play, which I don't know if I'm thinking this just because I saw in the documentary they made a really big point at it. I think that one point was kind of what shifted the whole, like, Chicago Bulls starting to gain an edge on the Detroit Pistons. Now, I mean, there's some points I'm going to go over, but you guys know, like, you guys know everything. You guys watch the two hours. Which, yet again, that felt like five minutes watching those two hours of footage. Um. And then, so then there was, there was the infamous year of the Chicago Bulls finally beating the Detroit Pistons in the playoffs. And then Detroit leaves the floor without shaking hands. This was my favorite this. Okay. I know how I said to Jerry cross the news anchor and some other points, but this was literally like my favorite, like the f- best part of the documentary of what I came for to what I waited a week to go see or not to go see because it was on on my computer, but to wait to see was like Michael now and Isaiah Thomas now talking about that situation. I don't know if Scotty and Isaiah, or I don't know if uh, Scotty and Dennis gave out their thoughts. I can't exactly remember. Uh, I I would be, I'm pretty sure that uh, Scotty and Michael would probably have the same opinion. They kind of seem like they have the, they both kind of have the same mindset whenever it comes to like, uh, sportsmanship and stuff so the Chicago Bulls was it a sweep or was it not a sweep I'm pretty sure it was a sweep I feel like the Chicago Bulls beat them 4-0 if not my intuition says it was 4-2 to either way they beat the Detroit Pistons in a playoff series for like the first time and with like 15 seconds left I don't know the exact time but I'm going to estimate with like 15 seconds left the Detroit Pistons, the the, the the Detroit Pistons just walked by the Bulls bench and went to their tunnel, went to their locker room without even shaking their hands and giving them their respect, which I thought was a pretty bad, don't want to cost a pretty bad move on the Detroit Pistons part. I don't like Isaiah for that. I don't like the Detroit Pistons for that. Um, and then Isaiah's trying, Isaiah now, like 35 years later, is like... Oh, there was no sign of disrespect. Whenever it was uh, Lakers versus Pistons or something, the NBA final, or Celtics, whatever. I think it was the Celtics because I'm pretty sure it was before the finals. Whenever we beat them in the playoff series, a lot of them just went to the locker room after the buzzer sound. Some shook hands. So we were kind of just going that route. It was no sign of disrespect. We just saw them do it. We didn't have any harsh feelings towards them, so we didn't. So I don't really know why the Bulls feel bad. Like Isaiah... You guys, even if that was your intent, you guys did it in the worst way possible. You walked by their bench with your guys' heads down, didn't even make eye contact with anybody, didn't shake anybody's hand. With like, there was still, the game was still going on whenever you guys did it. It wasn't like, oh, w- literally last three seconds of the game, let's dip. It was like, we still got a couple possessions left and they just dipped, which is, is the worst sportsmanship move other than like intensely hurting somebody. But as far as like giving your respect after a game, like that was terrible. And then Michael watched Isaiah say how, Oh, I didn't intend it. on being bad. Michael was just like, yeah, 30 years after you get the press all on you and you get critiqued for it. And you have 30 years to think about this scenario. Of course, you're going to come up with a new way. But he was like, I know. Well, at that given time, it was not, In it was, it was in bad intentions of them doing that. It was them being bad sports. They were intentionally not giving the Bulls respect. And like, I and Isaiah, man, now Isaiah's on a press tour just like Draymond Green. Draymond Green right now is on a nice little press tour of just saying anything in the world, saying that him and Steph are the two biggest reasons why the NBA is a change, which that's a totally different podcast episode. But Draymond is on a LeVar ball press tour right now or he's just going to the media, going on podcast episodes, just saying the most crazy stuff. And like now Isaiah's doing it. He's just like hating on Michael for like the dumbest reasons ever. He was on ESPN. I believe on the dude that's like on Mike and Mike. I don't know. I don't care about these ESPN shows. Listen, people, it's all entertainment. They're going to debate. They're going to have their crazy opinions. Why? Because it's for entertainment. Um, it would be boring having two two anchors on ESPN just stating obvious facts and being very objective. They're going to be the most objective possible. So they have delusional thoughts and then we talk about it and then they go viral and then they make money and then they get more advertisements. It's all entertainment at the end of the day. So then Isaiah Thomas goes on like some ESPN and it's just like, Oh, um, I want to touch on something about the documentary, why are we praising Michael Jordan for putting on like 20 pounds of muscle? That's what players are supposed to be doing. That's what high school players are doing. That's what college that's what college players are doing. Why are we praising Michael for it? Cuz that was a way he got better. Whenever you put on muscle, you become a better basketball player. Isaiah Thomas, you're probably the same as that guy that praises Giannis Antetokounmpo for putting on 50 pounds of muscle since he's gotten into the league. I bet if I trapped you into a corner, and was like, just like talking to you on a show and be like, so yeah, talk, tell me about Giannis's development. What have you really liked? I bet something that would come out of his mouth is, well, look at how his body has grown over the course of his six-year career or whatever. Look how he went from skinny to super muscular to looking like a super dominant dominant NBA player. I would be like, well, why are you praising somebody for lifting weights? Like, Lifting weights is the same exact thing as practicing your shooting, like as practicing your shot. Like putting on weight as an NBA player is the same thing as working on your dribbling, as working on your handles. It's the same exact thing. You're working on a certain aspect of the game that comes from the physical perspective. So there's a skill and there's a physical part of basketball. Skill, shooting, dribbling. Those are two things you can work on. The physical the physical aspect, either losing weight, gaining muscle weight. That's what he was doing. So why not praise him? We praised him for getting better at a certain aspect of the game, which was his strength. Which helped him out on defense, which helped him out in the post, and which helps him out, you know, whenever you go up and you take contact and you're trying to do a layup or a dunk. That's what strength helps you with, bud. Um Man. So Isaiah just Just stop talking, dude. Unless it's like actually giving somebody respect. Which I also think is funny as Isaiah doing that whole thing where he walked off the floor is the only reason why Michael did not want him on team USA. Neither does Scotty Pippen, which is funny, which is cool. Because I mean you don't have Isaiah. Let's just bring Magic Johnson onto the team. That doesn't sound like a bad replacement. Um yeah, I can't. I can't. I know you guys might be wanting me to talk about something that was in there. But, I mean, I know it feels like five minutes of footage that we watched, but that is two hours of information to dissect on. Um. So, yeah, that's my thoughts over episode three and four of The Last Dance. I hope you guys enjoyed. If you guys hate this podcast episode, give it a one star. If you love to give it a five star. Whatever thoughts, opinions that you want to share with me, just DM me on Instagram at Basketball Studios. And I hope you guys tune into the next episode. Um, I'm definitely going to try to have episode five and six, like within the 48 hours of that, those two episodes coming out. So, all right, I'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.